0: This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went, tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey, Simple Passive cash flow listeners. As you guys know, we are not doing the retreat this year in Hawaii, unfortunately. A lot of you guys had a lot of fun on this back in 2020, in the beginning of the year. But we're taking it virtual this year, and NBA style, we're calling it the bubble. We, if you guys want to learn more about this, go to simplepassivecashflow.com/bubble. But I wanted to have a guest today, Deborah, who is basically runs a charm school for professionals. And she was going to help me out and give everybody some tips on in this world of digital networking. And we'll also get into some professional networking etiquette too. How do we extract the most value? Um, People are going to be coming into this bubble and it's not cheap. And the people coming here are mostly going to be accredited investors, that a list that I'm going to curate. And not everybody's going to be allowed to attend this meeting. A lot of you guys have said, I don't have anybody in my network that invests in real estate or, you know, invest in people off the internet. I need to build a network. This is the time to do it. So how do you make the best use of the time? This event's going to be a lot of networking and in small intimate groups or even one-to-ones with a guided topic. So we're not just staring out into the camera. You got Deborah on. She runs a charm school for professionals. I got connected with her. She's not some just random guest. It's someone that I've actually worked with. I think a few years now when I was up in Seattle, she does these cool in-person trainings that yeah, it seems so long ago when you used to be able to do things in person. But she runs them in Texas and Seattle. And we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate having you.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It's so good to be with you and excited to learn more about your group and what you're doing. Like it, you're doing some incredible work and Building a network of people, which is the whole key, isn't it? Building networks of people that we can collaborate with and do business with.
0: I think I told you this earlier, like most of the people in my group are introverts, myself included. That's why I tried. I'm always like cognizant of connecting other people because I I don't like talking. I'd rather just connect two people so I can just ninja vanish and go away and have them talk so I don't have to talk. I'll do it. I'll get in front of the stage if I have to. but. That's what I prefer, and I think that's what the Bubble Mastermind is going to be all about. But uh, yeah, let's start with some general things. The world is changing. What are some key things that you've been teaching your students this past year that can help all the, the listener dive into specific scenarios?
1: 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? I think we've all been stretched to do things outside of our bubble and whatever we had done previously, maybe some of those things weren't working quite the same way or we needed to adapt some new skills in order to successfully move into the world we're living in right now. As you noted, all of my classes, everything I had done pre-COVID was all in person. We, we met together, it was face-to-face. I'm, I'm a pretty strong believer That the best way we learn social skills is in a social environment. And so we had to move that physical environment here into a virtual platform and we've done that this year. But I am looking forward to the day where we will resume face-to-face because I do think that's most important. I think one of the things I saw this year unfold was not only the heightened realization for the need of social skills Reality is that the talent professionals today are saying that it takes soft skills are really the reason why most people fail in their job, whether it's their own business or they work in a business. And uh, there was a LinkedIn survey just recently conducted that said that 92% of uh, businesses and companies believe that it's more important to hire for soft skills than it is for hard technical skills. And I find that's really interesting because in the 32 years I've been doing the work I do, I have worked with every type of individual and we tend to think soft skills, social skills are are common sense and people should just know this. It should just be intuitive and it truly isn't. And so where do we invest our time and our money and our effort? It's in developing those technical skills and we do need them. I'm not minimizing those at all. But what really sets us apart and allows us to reach those highest levels of success are going to be social skills and the ability to create human connection. This year, Lane, we've heard a lot about what's essential. I'm sure you probably have there in Hawaii as well. This is an essential business. This is an essential fill in the blank. I firmly believe that the most important and most essential tool that any of us have is human connection. And it's really backed up by science because human connection allows us to be healthier physically, emotionally, mentally, and look at some of what, at least I know some people in this past year and clients that have contacted us that have really struggled with dealing with mental challenges and physical health issues because they are isolated. And we've seen an increase in alcohol abuse and drug abuse, and people either are really exercising a lot or they have set exercising apart. And you might have heard of the COVID-15 or 20 for some people, (laughs) not the 15 and 20 we want. And sleep quality is impacted. So not connecting socially really has an impact on us. And interestingly, pre-COVID, do you know what the cost to U.S. companies was for disconnection in the business world.
0: It's hard to tell, right?
1: Yeah, It was over $500 billion pre-COVID. I would love to see new research on that number now where we're at today because the the more we have isolated and pulled apart from one another, it's impacted how productive we are in business and in what you're doing and that critical. Human connection is absolutely critical and it's key to networking, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and that's what we want. But a little bit of the why is, like I tell a lot of investors, right? When you're investing in private placements and syndication deals, or you're trying to find that lawyer or tax accountant, different service provider, it's all referrals. This is a referral-based business. And how do you find those referrals? But you have to find the pure passive investors and uh, build relationships with them or jump into my mastermind. But that's a paid thing, right? It's It's a bat cave for that. So there's two ways about doing it. The cheap way is just put on a smile and get along with people, which Mm -hmm. doesn't come naturally to most of my folks, right? Most of us are technical type of sighted people.
1: But I think when we step back, one of the taglines for Final Touch is, how do you want to be remembered? And that's not just thinking about some people take it to the morbid side of when I'm dead. Certainly, they'll all be remembered at that point in some manner. But how do you want to be remembered when you walk out of the room? when you, you know click end the meeting on your Zoom call, when you got off the telephone or you just finished that email, how do you want to be remembered? That's really quite powerful. That takes a big picture approach to every sin- single interaction that I have with someone, whether it's going to be brief and passing, maybe at a networking event or on a Zoom call where I just see a little face on the tile, or it's long and lasting. Maybe it's somebody that I really do work at Setting up engagements and having um, other points of contact. How do I want to be remembered? And it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or not. Actually, I used to be much more of an introvert than I am today. I would stand back and observe and watch people. And it took practice. All I had to do was learn some skills, practice those skills. And it became much easier. And once I understood the why does it really matter? Why does it really matter? What's, I hate to always say what's in it for me, but what's in it for us in creating those connections. And for me, when I go into a networking event, I'm always looking looking for, do I really see others? Because I think it's easy for our brain to get focused on everything else that's going on around us. All the distractions, is my phone beeping at me or vibrating or is it not? And I'm concerned about that. Who's in the room? Do I have the skill? I'm a little bit nervous stepping up and speaking up, but do I come fully prepared, fully present, fully ready to engage with the people that are there? That's important. And if I really do see others and then I look for ways to connect with them, virtually or in person, then I'm beginning to create those relationships that are going to enable me to find the clients that I'm looking for and find the people that I need to connect with. Because in business, everything is about those relationships.
0: And and some of the basics there is show up, turn on the camera, turn off all these, I have the four screens here, turn them off, stop typing stuff, face the damn camera and play full out and interact. This is not, at least my meetings, this is not like the workplace where if you say something stupid, you will not be considered for promotion for five or 10 years. I guess people don't even stay at a company for more than a couple of years these days anyway. But yeah, this setting is at least my bubble mastermind and all my other events that I do. It's a place where it's time to be vulnerable, which is very out of your social norms for your professional work setting because people come in and they have to protect their reputation. Yeah. Are you a non-incredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your spouse who's a little bit skeptic of what you've been listening to the last few months? And could you use the reinforcement of double-digit returns paid like clockwork in the form of monthly dividends? The American Home Preservation Fund, or AHP, is currently open again and is looking to bring new investors with them I have been investing with them since 2016 and originally I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment and that paid my car payment completely for me every single month. HB collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes via restructuring or selling the debts unlike their competitors. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund. It was awesome when owner george newberry saw the impact simple passive Cashflow was making and eventually approached me to become a spokesperson of the company you can start investing with as little as 100 bucks and if you want a free burn zone book please send me an email at lane at Cashflow.com. for more information about investing with ahp go to slash investors i like to buy stuff well that's
1: a like We all do business with those that we know, we like, and we trust. That's just the bottom line. If you're a fan of Starbucks and you buy your coffee at Starbucks or your local coffee place, and you are loyal to that location, you'll drive further, you'll spend more, and you will be more consistent than to a company that you don't really know or you don't have that commitment to. So to your point, do I know you? So you have to show up. And when in this format, you have to show up on video. So often I see people turn off their videos and there are some companies that do require that just because of the technical load and that. So I get that. But when you can't see a person, it's very difficult. You've hindered the amount of connection you're going to be able to make. We make fast impressions about people in a blink of an eye. And it's primarily based on how they dress, how they show up. What am I reading when I look at you? And research shows that we gather over a dozen really core values about an individual within a blink of an eye. So if my visual picture is missing or I haven't put effort into showing up with some thought in how I wanted to show up, I'm missing a really important moment. And I'm going to be invisible to that group, even though I might add value vocally or in the chat box or in another manner.
0: The truth is people make snap judgments.
1: So. They do. Um, and so it's, I do, I show up and then, so do you know me? and then. Do I have likability? Is there something about that individual that is likable? And that comes across in some pretty easy ways. We are always looking to have those have the hormone oxytocin fire off in our brain. And oxytocin is known as the connection hormone. So when I see you, I immediately have some type of a response. And the response I want to have with another individual is a positive response because I want to be able to create that oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. It's going to make us feel more connected. It's going to create likability between the two of you. And easy ways to do that is a smile. A smile is so powerful. Make eye contact. And you can't be looking down and in this kind of a platform, a lot of times you'll see people looking down or looking all around and they're not focused on what's taking place. And it does take a little more effort. I do think in this format than it does face-to-face frankly, but do I really show up? So do I smile? Do I make eye contact? Am I fully present? Do I do something as simple as say hello? Amazing how many people don't say hello or goodbye. Those are the two things I'm really always amazed by. Some of the research says that just a simple greeting of hello, how are you, is really powerful and memorable.
0: Oh, and wear a decent shirt, right? Like, you know, wear whatever you want underneath because we don't see it, but put on a decent shirt. That's all I ask,
1: guys. Put on a decent shirt, comb your hair, make sure that you look at least somewhat presentable given your audience, given your brand and how you want to be remembered because you only have this little moment to do that. So do do you know me? Do you, is there likability there? Something that makes you want a trigger that says, I want to get to know you a bit more, or I want to be able to connect with you again. And then last, do I trust you? And again, oxytocin is that hormone, that feel good hormone that does start to establish trust between two people. Really powerful. And it helps to deepen our relationships and the connection and that bond so that you do think of that individual moving forward
0: and a little bit of a tech tip here if there's a setting in Zoom where it can scrub your faces gives you makeup wow so (laughs) you guys are tech people you guys can figure it out or google it or i'm sure there's a youtube video out there but that can help like you got boogers under your eyes in the morning
1: (laughs) i um, need to go find that it's
0: (laughs) in there it's in there so let's move on to some more tactical tips once they get in the set they've shown up They've got their self set they're smiling. They got their cameras on. So one thing i I got for a lot of people is the nice thing about this online settings is like you get you're forced into the interaction. It's not like you're him in and hauling. I'm gonna go talk to him or her over there. I have to walk over.' It's, this, this is the beauty of virtual networking is I can force people into breakout rooms and you're stuck. You got to do it. So there's not that awkward feeling, the fear of approaching and starting that conversation. But once you're in the set, One tip I always have is, yeah, you introduce yourselves, but it's always about the other person. Help them out. Like one tip I've always followed for myself personally is help out the other person first, which is why I do all these free onboarding calls to new investors. I'm just trying to add value to them in 15, 20 minutes. It's a test. Whoever reciprocates or stays around, that's who typically stays in my network or my circle. And so I would push that out there is like when you get into a set with somebody or a few people learn what the other people are doing and see how you can add value means add encouragement if you don't know anything give them a referral an article something you've heard or maybe there's somebody else in the group that you met five minutes ago the day before that you can connect them with a way to add value so you're not just standing there smiling
1: You're not a model or a statue. And that's part of connection because if I'm going to connect with you, it can't just be this stoic, stable face staring back at me. I have to give something to receive something. And we do. It's the, the old analogy of the farmer. You've got to go out and plant something before you can go out into the field and look for anything to harvest. And so showing up, smiling, engaging, asking about the other person Get to know something about the other person. I have a friend a few years back and she used to say, if I ask somebody three questions about themselves or what they do or the type of work they're involved with, and they never ask anything of me about me, I write them off. Now that's pretty harsh. I'm not personally going to take that stand, but it does make sense because it's really a one-way street. And sometimes we do that because we're nervous. We know all the answers to our own story. I don't necessarily know your story, but get good at having at least three good questions in your back pocket that you've thought about ahead of time. So when you go into these types of settings that you can start the dialogue and not feel uncomfortable. I often think of conversation lane is like playing tennis. So If I hit a ball to you and you let it drop, I am thinking you missed it. So I'll serve you another ball. If you let it drop again, I might serve you another ball, but then I'm going to start saying, you're not a lot of fun to play tennis with.
0: And so it's frustrating, right? All right. You're listening to Lane and Deborah talk about these tips. or asking questions, but it's hard to do anything unless the other person is playing tennis with you and being vulnerable, right? Show your insecurities, tell people what you're working on, what you don't know. Maybe you haven't heard about real estate professional status. Well, ask the freaking question. Because that's how you hit the ball back over the net. And this is how it works. But it can be frustrating, right, Deborah? If you're not in a place where people know how to swing the racket and get the the ball over the net, right? And this is why I say it's a waste of time to go to most local real estate club events or free online forums because you're in a room with people who are all about themselves, a selfish Mm -hmm. mindset. And it's all about what's in it for them. I've curated my group and people who come to my events, it's its a different type of crowd, mostly because I've gotten to help the people out of here. The people that don't fit, that aren't this abundance mindset or not just in it for them, they're gone. So I've set the culture in a way and curated the list to be decent tennis players here sticks far with. But that's hard, right? It's hard to practice with people who don't know how to swing.
1: It is. And then there's the other side of playing tennis. So then you, I say to you, Lane, let's go to the court again tomorrow. Let's try again. And you're ready. So you're there with your racket. And I stand on the other side of the net and just bounce the ball on my own racket. And you're saying, Deborah, I thought we were going to play tennis. And it's we are. And you're saying, if you were just going to bounce the ball on your own racket, you could have done that at home. And I didn't need to even get dressed to show up. And that's what I call a monologue and not a dialogue. When you ask somebody, how are you today? And they never stop talking. It's all about them, as you just mentioned. And oh, goodness, I've been to so many networking events where I've had people come up and shove their business cards on me and their books on me and their things and talk about what they're doing. And I walked away going, that'd be the last person in that field I'd ever hire.
0: And those people typically never get anywhere. So there really isn't much motivation to follow up and being there this is why my wife is like why do you spend $25,000 to go to this like mastermind four times a year but yeah you don't deal with people like that there's a reason why they're in the room and they can afford that type of stuff yeah
1: going to a dinner party too lane you go to a dinner party and if you sit down with a whole table of people that have nothing to share it's a really quiet boring meal and you hope the food is really good But if you come to the table and the food could be okay, maybe the environment's okay, but you're sitting next to people on your right and your left, maybe across the table, depending on the size of it, that are engaging and interesting and sharing. That's a meal you leave, not just fed physically, but you're inspired mentally, you're encouraged. And you walk away from that going, wow, that was really an amazing night.
0: And you said it before, you said the word practice before. And it's not like people if they don't do this, it's not like they're jerks or they're horrible no. people. It may just be they just don't know how to do it, you know.
1: At all the time. I hear that all the time, Lane, that it's all a matter of gosh, I should know how to do this. I'm thirty years old, forty years, 50, 60 years old. I'm at this place in my career financially, and I'm successful, and I can't show up to this kind of a class because it's going to make me look like I'm an idiot. I should know this. Why would you know this over, I don't know the real estate information. It's not what I've studied. It's not my area of expertise. So I don't have any expectations on myself to know that. Same thing's true about social skills. We only know what we know, and we've only made it to the point we've made it because we have the skill level we have. To go to that next level, you join mastermind groups, you go into other environments and you learn new skills so that you can boost every area of your life. And the exciting thing to me with social skills, it influences absolutely every part of our life. Yeah.
0: So let's kind of transition here to some mistakes you've seen people make. I'll start off with one, give you time to think. Politics, just don't go there. I think we all can agree with this, but the, here's the funny thing. I think the majority of people who are normally not the talkers, they're the listeners to the minority of people who go talk about left stuff, talk about right stuff. And the majority of people get this. So we're talking to the minority of people who talk about this stuff. And you guys know who they are. I'm so glad when I saw this in another very high level mastermind I'm in. We were finishing up the the main talk and it was just, oh, this is a break time. So a few people, they normally chit chat. And I'm just sitting here, doing my own thing, working on the computer and just listening and waiting for this next session to start. There were like three very high level entrepreneurs. And these are guys making over a million dollars a year. And they got into this thing about some political discussion. And I saw three very intelligent, high-performing people and it just got derailed. And they were never going to do business with each other ever, never. It wasn't gonna be a shot. And my takeaway from that was, what is the purpose of having that conversation? Is it worth the risk for never working with each other in the future ever again?
1: And that's how do you want to be remembered, correct? They will remember each other forever based on that political conversation they had, and it will frame up or destroy or undermine any potential business in the future. And we do that in so many ways. So politics definitely... And certainly in the last, I would say probably 10, 15 years, getting into politics is just bad news. It used to be when I was younger that we could have political conversations and we could agree to disagree. We'd walk away and still be friends. Um, Sadly, that's just not what's happening in this day and age. It seems like so many of these social issues right now are just highly charged and I often encourage people to stay away from conversations that are emotionally charged or could potentially be emotionally charged because it does trigger. It's not going to trigger oxytocin. I promise you it's, it's going to create that divide. So you're not going to create likability. You're going to do exactly the opposite. I'll know you, but I won't like you, and I certainly won't do business with you. Those emotionally charged, even talking about COVID right now for a lot of people, you bring up something about that, an aspect of that, and that creates an emotional charge for people. Politics does it. so many issues that we've seen in the last couple of years have created really emotionally charged moments. And so I always say stay out of that territory. Find other conversation starters that are going to be more engaging one thing that I hear people say a lot when they first meet somebody is, where are you from? Have you ever heard that? And I used to say that all the time. Oh, where are you from? And then I I interacted with somebody that was not from here. They were from another country. And I sensed that because they had an accent and, and so forth. But they said, "Deborah, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I said, tell me about that. And they said, when you ask me where I, I am from, what you're saying without realizing it is you're saying I'm not from here so I'm not one of you. That wasn't at all what I was meaning. What I meant was I'm really interested in your place of origin, your birthplace or where your family grew up or where you may have grown up and that was what was intriguing to me. Never entered my mind that maybe there was a sub-message being sent to that individual that they're not from here. When I moved to Texas from Seattle, I would be in a store and people would say, where are you from? And I went, oh, that's what they mean. Because it was a very um, strong message. I wasn't one of them, which is fine for me. I didn't mind it, but that's something to be uh, mindful of. So I've switched that language. And now what I'll say is, where is home for you? Or have you always lived in Dallas? Has Dallas always been your home? Because everybody has a home. And everybody generally likes to talk about home. What kind of food did you grow up eating or that? And that has always, I found that's been received far more um, positively than where are you from?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just part of this is just the self awareness, right? And empathy. How does it come across? I don't know. Some people, it wouldn't matter, but just spell it out, right? If you ask somebody like that, where do you think I'm from? Like some jungles of Asia or something like that. Where are you from? Like it's it like some people, that's just how they are. You just never know. So why trip yourself off the starting line? That's what I right. say, right? Like,
1: <laughs> well, and I want to look for those points of connection. Lane, I want to find how can I connect with you? Not yeah. how can I create a something abrasive and it's going to happen this human connection is not about perfection I've never met anybody that's perfect I've met some people that are really good but I've never met anybody that's perfect and and so I I always encourage people take the the press off of yourself to be perfect this isn't about perfection it's about purpose and so my purpose is I want to connect and I have to be able to read those nonverbals and say you know what maybe I missed it there Maybe I missed it. And then step back and ask a question or find out a different approach. And that's why having more than just one or two questions to dive into, but you've got to be using empathy.
0: It's, you can't go overboard. You can't be too subtle. If you're trying to build connection, you're going to have to take a little bit of risk with that. Kind of opener.
1: You don't want to be just uh, van- vanilla, right? <laughs> Unless you love vanilla ice cream. But it, you you want something with some complexity and somebody that has a backbone and has an opinion. But stay away from those emotionally charged mm. topics.
0: I I know something that I'll personally do. I don't get along with most people. i'll be honest, I don't really like my job. I never really liked it, so I can't really get into rapport with somebody who just loves their their W two job. So that's always been a hard thing for me. But what I used to do or what I do now is I just put it out there. Yeah, I stopped in my engineering job. I really like that. And then I just see how they respond.
1: And they, that's a good icebreaker though, Lane, because that opens up where somebody else might say, you know what? I don't really either.
0: And, and if somebody is like, they think the complete opposite, they're totally company person. That's cool. Find some, move on, right? What's the next like point of? connection we can make and the goal is to get into connection and to get into rapport and then figure out how we can help each other what are the needs of the other person
1: and learn about them you brought this up earlier is i want to learn about what they're doing who they are maybe a little bit about their family why is that important because later on when i connect with them again then i'm going to have a little bit of insight into who they are what they do and you start building it's a process it's not one and done that's not our goal. Our goal is for ongoing long-term relationships that we can go to at different points. And we may not see somebody for five years and then you see them again and you're able to pick up and move right on.
0: Yeah. And this segment will probably be like required viewing prior to entering the bubble. And for those of you guys in the bubble, if you guys get stuck, to say, Hey, I, I was listening to Lane's podcast on networking in the bubble, and I'm just trying my best. I'm very awkward. Tell me about yourself and what is it that you're struggling with? So maybe I could help. Just use that line. If you get stuck, just use that line guys. But any other mistakes people making? It's very common. Yeah, I think
1: just being distracted. I think distractions. One is emotionally charged questions, conversations, or topics. But the other is just distraction. Looking over your shoulder for somebody better to come down the hallway or into the room. Of course, virtually we don't have that, but we do it virtually in other ways by looking at our computer, by picking up our phone, by looking at something else. And what's interesting in this format, because we only have this little tile that we see, this small amount of space, we can very easily misread those micro expressions. When I'm with you face to face in a live networking event, Lane, like I get to see your entire being and place you in context of what's going on. Not the case in this setting. So we, we have to be careful that we're not just picking up certain nonverbals and reading more into it than what it is. But that also means I have to be responsible when I show up to really show up and be there, be 100% present. And there's simple things. Eye contact, focused. ask clarifying questions, make sure you come in with some good questions. Be honest, be humble. You don't know everything. You might know a lot of things and you probably know way more than I'll ever know, but you all, there's always room to be gracious and people remember that. And when you're remembered like that, you're remembered for the right reasons and people are more likely to reach out to you when your service is one that they might need in the future.
0: Yeah. And it's also I can think of one particular he's a pretty high profile person in our real estate world. I remember having interaction with him and he was doing the oh, shoulder to the shoulder looking who else is coming down. I will never forget that. And for you guys come in above, I'll tell you who it is. I'm not too big fan of them for sure, but I will always remember that. And same thing when you're, you know, in this virtual setting, people remember that type of stuff and You're not going to be able to pick up on those social cues, say you go down the wrong path on something to pull yourself back if you don't have your cameras on, coming back to that again.
1: And I realize that there are times that if you're called into a last minute meeting, maybe you're not ready to be on camera, but you just need to hustle. You need to make it a priority and schedule those meetings so that you can be fully present. It's critical right now because we don't have the opportunity to connect face to face like we were doing, hopefully we'll be doing that again soon. When this is our primary format for connecting, we have to utilize every little inch, micro inch of this screen space we have and make sure that we're really showing up and putting the effort in. And I recognize Zoom fatigue is a real issue. It's a real issue this year. I hear it a lot from people. I don't know if you're hearing people talk about Zoom fatigue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. another thing this is more of a technical thing and i'd like to get your opinion on it. it might just be me being nitpicky as more of a person born with this technology people jumping on these zoom calls on the call-in number which is like the worst because you never see who they are everyone's a little wary of who that magical person is and then even just using an ipad or their phone right especially in the bubble format i want everybody to be on their computers because you're not able to navigate and and jump into your breakout rooms, unless you have the desktop software. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I see it as like a subtle thing of, no, this is not that important. I'm just gonna do my own thing. Maybe be at the at the mall waiting for my spouse while I'm jumping on this thing and just hopping on. As opposed, to, I'm in my dedicated place of work. I'm gonna dedicate all my attention to this person on the other end. But that might just be me nitpicky, but.
1: I think there is a subtle message there. Like it'd be like going into a live meeting across the desk from you. And I didn't bring what I was supposed to bring to my meeting, and I was half dressed for that meeting and was totally distracted. You would say, why did you even bother showing up? I think what's happened this year, what I've observed is this feels so casual to people. And because we've dressed down more this year, people aren't getting dressed up. People aren't putting in 100%. And some people are working many more hours but are they being effective in those hours? And I think the whole experience is just taking steps down. And then every once in a while we show up, we really need to shift that and think about, no, this is a time I have an opportunity. This is the format right now. And how I show up now is going to be how others are going to see me when we are back out face to face. Interesting about first impressions. Some studies say it can take up to five years to change a first impression that's quite staggering. And I think a lot of it has to do with so much of how we interact with one another, even pre COVID and the lockdowns is because we had to, we spoke on the phone or we sent emails or we occasionally may have jumped on these platforms. And then that was my memory of that person. And then when I saw them in person, it took several of those interactions over, maybe years before I finally started to see them slightly differently. Just like the man that you just talked about, what you remember is him looking over your shoulder. It would take a long time, a lot of interactions before that would shift and a willingness on both of you to shift that first impression and how you would interact with each other. Well,
0: if people want to work with deborah she's taking her classes zoom i actually might jump on this it's every in starting in january on the saturday she's giving a live presentation and tell us more about that event and you guys are doing some networking so that's what i'm particularly excited about kind of meeting some other people of that growth mindset too and you never know who you're going to meet on the other end
1: And we never know who signs up for our programs because unlike you, we just, whoever signs up, as long as we have a room, they, they enter into the room with us, but it's called Confident Connections. And we hit over those five weeks, the key areas that we've been brought into companies to do training for. I I did the training for Boeing for about eight years prior to COVID, worked with many uh, Fortune 500 companies, as well as. Small startup companies, everything across the board, as well as individuals and some public programs. And we've taken uh, many of those key elements and brought that into this five week competent connections masterclass that we conduct. We will have some breakout rooms, and interesting, we've had some people that have turned off their camera and we use that as a teaching opportunity. Everything's a teaching (laughs) opportunity. And so I say, All right, how do, do you feel connected to this person? When their camera is not on and of course everybody says no not the uh purpose to embarrass anyone ever but it it is uh, important that we step back and vocalize and really uh, think about how we show up really does matter because i think that's- it's easy to get fall into the pit of it's just my technical expertise as long as i'm good at that the rest doesn't matter
0: and that's the cool thing about these online settings and being connected with just random people is you likely will never meet these people again. And if you're trying to work on these skills, what better place to work on this stuff and mess it up really than people not at your workplace, right? Like just random strangers on the internet. I think it's a great opportunity to nudge your self-aware and just practice.
1: And it's a safe place. These are live training programs. These are not recorded that you're going to watch later. These are live interactive. We've tried to make it as close to being in a real class face-to-face as we possibly could, the interactions, the conversations, it's right now and present. And it's always interesting, the people that show up around the table and the questions that they have. And it it takes on a lot of the life of the participants. It's always fun for me to see who's going to be around the table and what will this particular program look like as we walk through content. But people don't leave jobs usually because of the technical issues. They typically leave jobs because there was something in that work environment that was abrasive for them. Most of us get a job and we're excited about it and we tell everybody and then we start hitting the snooze button saying, is it Friday yet? Or whatever your work week looks like. And it's usually that sandpaper individual or that person I have to work with that is just very difficult because it's relationships. And so the better I become at communication, at creating connections, at delivering a, a better service, the more effective I am professionally. And so these classes are really fun. We have that one coming up and we, we do have some live programs that we'll, we'll be um, reengaging with this next year as well. But our website's finaltouchschool.com. And if anybody has any questions, even just totally off of topic of that, and they want to shoot me an email, I was open to um, reply to them.
0: Yeah, and, and you're based out of Dallas. So we do have a lot of Dallas and Texas folks that are <laughs> listeners. Nothing really replaces the in-person stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for everybody. And uh, I appreciate you jumping on.
1: Thank you, Lena. If I were in your world, I would be at your masterclasses. It sounds fantastic. And what a great, great opportunity for those individuals that can participate and grow individually, grow professionally, and grow collaboratively. It's what business is about. Yeah. And
0: so if you guys want to uh, jump, jump in the bubble, uh, go to com slash bubble, I think that's going to be January 16th, the 17th, Martin Luther King weekend, or if not, shoot me an email at and in simplepassthecashflow.com if you got any questions, but uh, thanks for listening guys. And we'll see you guys next week.